welcome to the Development Policy Centre podcast. My name is Ashley Bettridge and I'm a research officer at the centre. Today I'm joined by Abdul Wasay, MSF's medical coordinator for PNG. And you're an, uh, the outgoing medical coordinator, right? Yes. You're about to finish yeah. up your term. Yeah. Um, and we're here today to talk about a new report on family and sexual violence in PNG called Return to Abuser. Um, the report draws on patient data from yeah. MSF's work at the family support centres in Tari and Moresby, that's right. Yes. Yeah, and there's also a range of interviews, very compelling stories of clients' experiences. Um, For those who aren't already familiar with the family and sexual Mm -hmm. violence situation in PNG, it would really be quite shocking, I Mm -hmm. think. What kind of response have you had to the report so far? Um, Response from the people that we we, we talked to, um, maybe we can talk about the methodology of the report and all that uh, in, 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 in the coming uh, minutes. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, the response, the initial response what we got from, uh, from the local authorities, uh, for example, Secretary of Health in, in Port Moresby and, and Secretary of Health, uh, Secretary for the Community Development, lots of other NGOs and partners who are working closely with us for the last seven, eight years in MSF uh, uh, as part of the technical working group, as part of the referral path um, that we all uh, had our own portions of responsibility to, to serve and, and deliver the uh, multi-sectorial approach uh, services for family and sexual violence uh, survivors. Um, it was amazing and positive. And some of them was, oh, for example, Secretary of uh, Secretary for uh, for health was uh, joining us in the launching, mm-hmm. and 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 also the secretary for uh, for community development was like amazing. That's nice to have it, and, and it will help us to 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 uh, to, to fight more. And because uh, the, the department is more under under staff, under resources, and under fund, so to 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 work and fight for those uh, policies and and uh, for at least to to have better budget and resources in the coming years to to basically booster the implementation of those policies. So mm-hmm. the initial response in Port Morosi and in PNG was, was very positive. Same applies here. We For the last two, three days, uh, I'm here uh, since the launch. We are meeting to with, with different uh, ministers and, and with the members of parliaments here and in and, and Canberra with the, in, in, in Australia. Um, amazing. And then everyone supported and everyone uh, had, including uh, the meeting and the roundtable discussion we had with the DFAT. Right. Um, so everyone was supporting. Uh, That's good. Sometimes yeah. when a critical report comes out, it can yeah. get the opposite reception. Yes. So yes. it's good that people have um, received it of well. Of course, when it comes to the statistical uh, um, highlights, uh, of course, it's shocking. It's alarming. But and in, in, in some terms, it was not new. Um, uh, like I, I will say that... Uh, the data, of course, we treated more than 28,000 uh, uh, survivors of family and sexual violence since, since we started in 2000 and late 2007 um, and a couple of other projects and, and provinces and, and establishing this model of care, which was uh, called uh, family and support, family support centers, where the survivor of family and sexual violence can come in and have their one-stop shop kind of uh, uh, services delivery. Um, because the, the, the previously the survivors have to go through different steps uh, of or departments and wait for longer queue in emergency department or in gynae department or and go for a medical report and go for uh, vaccinations and it took them like days uh, to, to accomplish one and then and it was a cycle of repeating the same horrible stories to each and, and it's a breach of confidentiality space is a problem in each department 
and it crowds and then time that the, 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 the health services providers have uh, they don't have that much time to 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 give enough time for the survivors and also the concept of counseling doesn't exist so where they go for a kind of mm-hmm. counseling and then and to teach them and to support them with coping mechanism and then trauma counseling and and all those uh, uh, initial initial uh, and important uh, um, steps forward uh, to 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 adapt and to cope um so for that reason this model of care of of having all in one stop shop was uh, was introduced and now it is well adopted by 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 the government and uh, and the national department of health so now it's part of the national staff or national department of health policy and and and, and mm. guidelines is coming so there is a policy to have those roll out throughout the country um, is that right yes uh, part of the achievements of these five essential services or this model of uh, care which includes uh, provision of uh, um, uh, medical first aid and um, treating these uh, wounds and injuries and bruises and uh, and, and pngs mostly and then uh, cutting and uh, choppings and fractures and stuff and provision of uh, psychological first aid and and uh, provision of uh, vaccination to hepatitis uh, b and and t hepatitis t and uh, no, tetanus uh, vaccines and hepatitis b and also the provision of uh, uh, contraceptive pills for uh, for uh, unwanted pregnancies and and also provision of uh, treatment and and, and prevention for uh, sexually transmitted infections and also hiv transmission which arvs and prophylaxis of of antiretroviral uh, uh, is is given to to the survivors so now the, the, the survivors comes and, and has all the services provided by one trained nurse and then and goes further for the proper counseling to a counselor mm-hmm. within the same same shared. Right. Um, so now, yes, there is a referral uh, path guideline. There is a national uh, uh, clinical guideline for uh, management of uh, family and sexual violence uh, victims to provide um, how to provide all these uh, five essential services. And, and also there is a um, national hotline where the survivors can call free and then and, and, uh, get assessed and then advise on where to go and also to do some, some basic uh, counseling. Uh, so these, these are the, the main policies uh, when it comes to purely medical services of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course there is a huge gap when, when, when the existing policy, uh, all of these policies are very recently approved and, and, and to implement and replicate it to the provinces, provincial levels, and then further down to the district and LLG level. So it, it, that's that's uh, still uh, a gap. Yeah, so there's not many family support centres that are functioning um, or up to sort of the right standard. At least. Um, the right standard for family support centre, we call it this family support center where they can provide at least five essential services, mm-hmm. uh, which is the key, key, key minimum package that you have to provide for uh, for survivor of family and sexual violence. So there has been sixteen um, uh, family support centers in the country, but uh, after the assessment and re-evaluation and monitoring um, with uh, with the National Department of Health, and so seven of them are functional meaning that they are able and they have resource supply staff and all to to provide five essential services but the rest are are partially function or or are closed because of lack of staff or lack of the resources fund and and 
and, and in some places even this infrastructures are, are, uh, are destroyed because of renovation or whatever. Uh, right. Getting back to the title of the report as well, this um, it really suggests that for survivors of violence in PNG, they don't have options beyond returning to their homes or communities where they've experienced mm-hmm. this abuse. Could you explain a little bit about why this is the case yeah. and how that's frustrating for MSF as a provider? Yes. And also why you've chosen to focus the report yeah. on this. Um, let me tell a bit about the alarming statistics that we, we analyze this because as an MSF uh, medical being an emergency medical organization, we don't have the mandate to um, provide protection services, law and justice services and all that. But survivors need that. And, and the response for for uh, for a survivor of family and sexual violence is not limited to medical care and hospital it's it's behind that and in in our report mainly focus on that as as our experience of seeing our survivors and uh, treating them and then when it comes to the next step out of the clinic what we do next and that is the obstacles and they don't have the choice they have to go back to the abusers and, and let me tell you something about the statistic of it, and then I will explain how that goes to each uh, uh, the abusers back, and whether were, how the survivors left with no options. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were analysis analyzing this data of the last two years, uh, 2014 and, and up to November 2015, for our two health uh, support family support centers in, in Port Moresby and also in in Tari in Hela province, uh, so we we were treating. Uh, uh, 3,056 uh, cases of survivor of family and sexual violence, of which 94% of them were women. And, and of, of that, 49% of them had um, experienced violence uh, or the perpetrator were from, from intimate partner. So they were in the same house, in the same community, in the same family. And, and uh, when we further uh, classified them and divide them into type of violence, um, out of the number of survivors that we treat for sexual violence, 56% of them were children under age of 18, where they go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then further down of this 56%, 17% of this 56% was children under 5 years. When we are talking about under 5, this, we have witnessed survivors of rape, sexual violence, sexual assault up to the age of 6 months. Uh, so where they go, they are dependent on that. And and now, after providing medical and psychosocial and psychological care and uh, acute medical and our provision of five essential services, and and there is a huge lack of of of, uh, of, of safe houses. And and uh, so, for example, uh, in in the country there are uh, six safe houses. Um, and out of the six ho- safe houses, one of them are uh, out of the Port Moresby, the rest five of them are in Port Moresby. Uh, so then 22 other provinces doesn't have any safe, ha- safe houses. And, and of course, they are all uh, traditional of, of uh, refuge or uh, a night or two in someone's house and, and one talk house or someone's relatives. But that is not going to solve because after two days, then they have to find a way. And in the way is to 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 basically go back to 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 the same house. Um, the younger the the survivor is, the more likely is the case to go back to the abusers, uh, mm-hmm. go back to the same same place where it happens. Of course, now there is some some policies initiated and uh, rectified. A lot of policies have been rectified and. and uh, 
by uh, government of PNG. But and 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 there is a new policy launched by the government of PNG, which is uh, Lukatem Pekinini Act. Um, but that needs to be certified and gazetted by the parliament. And then after that, there should be it lies under under community development. And then at the moment, safe houses are in in the, in the in in a limbo situation of because they don't have any legal recognition. There is no shelter policy in the country. Mm-hmm. If there is no shelter policy, this this safe houses are operating through the civil society or supported by a couple of NGOs, and 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 they don't have a clear uh, standard operational procedures. And for example, when it comes to unaccompanied minors, um, they cannot uh, accept it because in the in the laws it is uh, it's not uh, uh, clear. So you, you, it's banned. You cannot uh, uh, host yeah. or, or uh, keep the child of of uh, an, an unaccompanied minor in the and in I the family support center. Some safe houses also don't accept male children it's with their parents past yes. a certain age. Yes. Yeah. And also, if if a survivor of a family in sexual violence, for example, has a, Two or three children, and one of the child is 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 uh, a boy of more than twelve years, and and she has to choose whether she she stays because she cannot go with the boy, mm-hmm. or she leaves the boys and then then go with the rest of the children. Mm-hmm. So and, and that's all all the challenges that they have. Well, this is of course really interesting to us because mm-hmm. at the Development mm-hmm. Policy Centre yeah. we work with Family mm-hmm. PNG, which mm-hmm. has built off the um, Family Support Centre mm-hmm. in Lay, which was mm-hmm. an MSF supported centre yeah. until. 2013. Of, yeah, 2013. So we were very fortunate. Many of the staff mm. at Family PNG had MSF experience yeah. and training as well. And the Family PNG's work has really looked at trying to address these service provision issues beyond the medical and psychosocial care. And it, it is a challenge. Many of the issues that you've identified in the report are issues that Family PNG has faced in its work. Um, but we've also seen some success in terms of building like referral guidelines, um, building up the capacity of local service providers to respond. So for us, we see case management services Mm -hmm. as being a potential positive area where benefits can happen. And we were a bit surprised we didn't see anything on that in the report, but um, is this something that MSF supports as well? Uh, We definitely support the decentralization of care as much as possible to the lower level of community to the llg to the district level um but of course as a overall we were thinking of 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 at least the minimum minimum the child the children and the survivor cannot wait till all these policies are into implementation phase and then there is a shelter policy and then and then there is a shelter guideline and then there is a safe house guideline and procedures these procedures as per our experience of working with the referral path guideline and also with the national clinical guideline takes quite long time and what we are uh, expecting from this report that immediately if there is something can be done so that each each province at least have a safe house if there is at least in each province there is a a a, a, a functional family support center if there is an establishment of the referral path so that a survivor can easily reach somewhere. Uh, meaning, and also if there is a commitment and training and capacity building with regards to implementation of FSVUs, you know, family sexual violence unit within the police, mm-hmm. and, and that is a good initiative, but it needs to be replicated fast and fast so that the survivors, of course, would be nice to have 
the approach of uh, CMC or family PNG so that it can be replicated at the district level but uh, which is very good and it should be the case but uh, at this moment seven functional FSC in an entire family support service in the entire country mm-hmm. six safe houses right all of them in the in the big limbo of legal okay somehow some operates in another way the other ones operate in another way and 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 uh, mm. that's always a big problem yeah so you have so many places just yeah. like the starting yeah. point yeah. is what you're saying yeah. yeah so do you think that that really needs to come from government um we know how hard resourcing is like we've yeah. seen cases where yeah. Women have gone to the police for help. Yes. The police haven't had money for petrol yes. to go and yeah. issue an IPO yeah. to a perpetrator yeah. and yeah. so on, and they ask the woman for petrol money. Yeah. So how important is resourcing and where should it be coming from? Uh, that's why the, uh, the report is focusing on the national uh, government so that they should focus more on the policy development and, and, and budget allocation <clears throat> and give the priority for the implementation of these policies. But on the other hand as well, um, the, the international uh, organization and partners to, to, to work in the same line of, of, of for example, we were asking um, DFAT as well to allocate, uh, as they did in a couple of uh, occasions, to, to put more resources and, and through their funding projects to focus and at least to build up the family support centers in each province. Mm-hmm. And if possible, and also the 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 establishment of of referral path in each uh, provinces, or through the Palja project of partnership with Australian Law and Justice and PNG, to to booster in the establishment of of the FS uh, Family and Sexual uh, Offensive Unit uh, in 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 uh, in each provinces, if possible, roll out to the district level, and also with the capacity building of the of the departments of community development uh, unit you know the, the the department of community development is uh, quite under under resourced and underfunded so in that sense that's what we were that's what we are expecting from the report too so beyond government there is I see PNG doesn't have as quite a developed civil society and local mm-hmm. NGO scene as perhaps other mm-hmm. countries in the region but groups like the um, FSBAC family and sexual violence action committee mm-hmm. seem to push some progress mm-hmm. forward yeah. what sort of role do you see for civil society and NGOs you mentioned the difficulties that yeah. they have in mm-hmm. the current framework yeah. around safe houses yeah. and so on and they are under resourced too do you think they have a role to play I think the civil society has always uh, have a role and, 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 and a crucial role. For example, the uh, Family and uh, Sexual Action uh, Committee is, is actually pushing for the, for the drafting of the shelter policy, mm-hmm. uh, which can be pushed, but of course there should be a political will to, to listen to them. But on the other hand, uh, overall this violence and, 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 and family and sexual violence um, part of the culture. It's, it's 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 very much linked with all the health determinants. With this, it's linked with the with the education, with the culture, with the economy, with the um, all 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 other sectors involved. So in 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 each sections, civil society has their role to play. And uh, with the education center, uh, education sector of community awareness and uh, education of the students and the young, and even in the university and education uh, unit, so to 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 put kind of uh, revise the curriculum and then to put, uh, for example, mental health and counseling and psychosocial counseling is not part of the training curriculum. So why not that can be integrated? So there is always uh, uh, for the 
behavioral change and general awareness and then not accepting this okay this is part of our 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 culture and we accept it that's a beating and and uh, so this kind of stuff is part of the civil society that they can they can part uh, they can play a big role in and then changing the behaviors which will take longer time mm-hmm. uh, but at least something and for the international community and also part of the civil society is is also to focus a little bit more on the establishing or studying or or preparing at least for a baseline prevalence and when we are talking about huge huge uh, big humanitarian crisis of of family and sexual violence in png um we are all referring to the studies which was done in 80s and 82s and 90s and and the, up to now everyone is focusing and there are all organizations there are all big donors uh in, in in neighboring countries who have the commitment to do some developmental works and and then to to invest on this so that we have at least baseline prevalence and then a, a proper database and information system so that it can build up and and then it can be seen over the years that uh, where they are going and where we are going and and how it goes Yeah, I was going to ask you more about the international donor community because mm. I did note the recommendation in the report mm. that international donors focus more on services for children or, or considering yeah. the needs of yeah. children. And yeah. when we started our work with Family PNG, mm-hmm. we didn't realize perhaps how little service provision there was for children, and it mm. became an important part yeah. of our work as well, yeah. just from yeah. experience. Um, so. Uh, do you think that this is something that international donors haven't really looked at? Um it has been recently picked or 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 focused a little bit for example mm-hmm. uh, through the UNICEF there is now working on child protection uh, uh aspect of it but when it comes to purely medical psychosocial care uh, provision of 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 medical care and psychosocial care and on the top of that re- reengagement and and follow up with this how they are coping and how was the impact of this tragedy or or this incidents and 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 how does it impact in the longer run in the shorter run on the mental health in and in re reengagement and redevelopment of 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 the of the children there is nothing nobody even even within this five essential services that we are providing most of the most of the this seven well function fscs except Port Moresby General uh, Hospital FSC where is a specialized child counseling uh, office or at least facility within the within the family support center the rest of the facilities don't have that technical skills and expertise and capacity mm-hmm. to provide a proper child counseling and 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 uh, for for the children so there is a huge gap on that one yes So you mentioned the balance between that long-term behavior change yeah. type work and then this this work which is like immediate service yeah. delivery trying yeah. to meet their immediate needs. Mm-hmm. Do you think the donor community's got the balance right on that or that they should be focusing on services more or I think there is there is uh, there is a lot going on in PNG. There of course despite the fact that uh, that uh, uh, PNG didn't meet any of the millennium goal last year but there has been significant improvement in investment in all sector but because of the lack of fundamental reporting system it doesn't reflect and there is a huge lack of coordination there is a huge lack of getting things together and it goes back to the national strategies responses 
and and of course here and there big donors and, and NGOs and others have their own annual or four years or five years plan and also some of the NGOs who are, are fund dependent so they get a fund for this year and then that and then then no follow up and then it is they jump to another proposal and other things which I would call for the big donors and mainly for the government so that there should be a national response strategy for each sector mm-hmm. and, and, and all the proposals and response in a longer run should be in the same line right which that is not very well managed or balanced properly right so that donor coordination is still an issue is is ownership technical skills within the departments and 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 also the lack of yeah communication engagement and working together and collaborations i would say mm. uh, not necessarily that it has affect the the the, the immediate service delivery but in a longer run there is a huge gap in sustainability of those interventions and there are a couple of organizations who have done quite significant job in in community engagement and community awareness and health education and then after one or two years we looked at in one or two provinces and then all of a sudden another NGO is doing the same thing in another place without necessarily following what was acceptable, feasible, what was learned to be adapted and what was the lessons learned and a sharing of that. And that goes back to the main donor and that goes with the governments who had commitment with them and with the longer uh, development and sustainability. And again, back goes to, to, to that particular department and government of PNG to, to take the leadership and the ownership and to to, to have a clear national response strategy and focus and divert all the resources of the other NGOs to follow that rhythm or that line so that everyone is in the same, in the same in the, at the end of the day, uh, there is a, a, a sustainable progress. I was going to ask you as well, because you know, there's this devolved funding in PNG and a lot of money for development is going down to yeah. the district and local level. Is there, are you seeing much interest at that level in providing any kind of additional support for FSB services? Not that much. And on the other hand, that transitional is still very new. And then a couple of, most of these provinces, especially, and then and, and when it goes down to the LLG level and district level, they are finding it still difficult and finding their own ways how to adapt and how to resource, how to mobilize that resources that they have or the budget or the money that they have. Of course, there is always problems of budget releasing and I believe okay on paper you have the budget and on practical they are struggling to having them but on the other hand even if suppose they have the budget and they can access it easily uh, they, they are still finding their own foots on the ground how to how to allocate those resources and how to prioritize mm. and I think that is also something with with the with the with the donor community and international organizations, especially those organizations like DFAT who had mandate of of a longer term commitment and and, and and development and then sustainability, to to work closer on those levels as 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 a uh, you know to to give guidance and build up the capacity and because yeah. the the person who is a local district responsible is not necessarily well qualified or well experienced in, in all aspect of how to deal the budget and how to prioritize or how to make a, a four-year, five-year plan and where to go and from where to start. 
also they are not receiving enough clear guidance from the national government where and right how to. Whereas so there is always those yeah, strategies, strategies or, or, or lacking right yes I also just wanted to finish up by asking you a question about MSF's plans going forward yeah. because you are um, you handed over or about to hand over yeah. the um, the last family support, support center. Yeah. So is MSF now moving out of that space in PNG, and what sort um, of work are they going to be doing now? MSF was engaged in in uh, MSF is in PNG since 1992, uh, but since 2007, MSF uh, Holland was involved in response to family and sexual violence. And we are going to hand over our last family support center in Thari by the end of March. Um, our uh, colleagues uh, in MSF presence uh, will be still in the country, but MSF will be focused more on MDR and, and, and uh, response to TB outbreak, uh, which is currently working in National Capital District and also in Gulf Province. Right, so there's no other NGOs working particularly on the medical side of things, or um, international NGOs at the moment? At the moment, no, but of course there is uh, the, the family support centres that we have been handed over so far is, 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 is taken the full ownership and, and management of it by, by the National Department of Health and Provincial Department of Health. Um, for example, Port Moresby General Hospital has taken the Port Moresby FSC, and and same will apply for Tari. Same was apply for Alotau and Maprik and and Levis, uh, family support centers. And of course, there are NGOs who are working in responding to family and sexual violence or gender-based response, um, more in the sense of uh, community engagement, awareness, education. And, and building up the family support centers here and there, or at least to renovate, um, but particularly in focusing the way we were uh, providing the full medical and psychological services and running the FEC, no. Right. So um, I, I just wanted to say um, thank you for having a talk with us. Thank you very I much. hope that this report does sort of get through to the I people that so. you're hoping to. Right? <laughs> it is you. a strong report. It's yeah. definitely got strong messages. Um, and all the best with your next adventure. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank thank you. you. You have been listening to a podcast from the Development Policy Centre. For more information on our work, visit our website at devpolicy.anu.edu.au. To join the conversation on Australian aid, Papua New Guinea and the Pacific, and global development policy, visit our blog at devpolicy.org. At the blog, you can also sign up to our newsletter for all the latest updates or connect with us on social media. Thanks for listening.